Hello and welcome to Say That, the podcast for your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. And joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. Yay! That sounded sincere. Joining us also is Jed Baru, the director of Mission USA Productions. Yay. <laughs> Yays of a clown. Yay. Joining us all the way from Rutgers, Tennessee, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. Yeah, so what? Let's go. Who cares? Well, wow. Well, that's Jen uh, Lear at a not caring off. I can I can not care more than you can. This is a, ser- this a serious race to the bottom <laughs> I was, situation. I was doing an impersonation of somebody on the show. Were you? Uh, I would just like to say He's trying to out- set us against each other. I'd like to say from the outset that my original enthusiastic hate was obviously ironic. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Is that like that mustache you're wearing tonight, Glenn? Exactly. It's uh, it's uh, it's it's like my big giant puffy sweater and my bowler hat. They're all <laughs> ironic. Be careful. You're gonna you're gonna get to the point where you'll be drinking that PBR. You won't be able to tell if it's ironic or not anymore. <laughs> that's, that's right. It started off ironic, but now I like the taste. Right. Yeah. Oh, what's happening? to me yeah some of us are old enough to have played in bands when pbr was the uh, on the house drink because yes. it sucked oh yes yeah. yes 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 we like to talk about beer in the first two minutes of our christian podcast <laughs> just to just to really weed out any non-hackers right. we feel can't hang <laughs> I, I wonder how many uh, just as a serious consider- consideration how many Super legalistic Christians tune into the first fifteen minutes of this podcast, like what? <laughs> I rebuke it and just turn it right off. It's like to take out my old handgun and point it right at my foot. <laughs> if you find that we're too, um, what's the word I'm looking for, entertaining for you, we've, there's some shows on the Moody Radio Network we'd love to point you to. They they do good work over there. Oh, burn. really? Really? Let's talk yeah. about anything specific. It's just the that's there's a radio network in Chicago from Moody Bible Institute, and it's kind of the Christian NPR in the sense that there's a lot of soothing voices, a lot of sincerity, right. and, and that. And uh, if you that's have kind any, of their vibe, if you have any thoughts on that? Send uh, all your hate mail <laughs> in to uh, Matt King at Google dot Internet. That's and, right. Uh, he'll Here's my question: Is uh, if people are rebuking the show? Would should we be able to like spiritually feel like a disturbance in the forest or something like that? Like if enough Probably. people are rebuking us, yeah, you know. The- I think Glenn, Jed, and I have a pretty strong, a pretty high baseline for feeling rebuked. Yeah, it takes. So it'd have to. It would really have to uh, spike. Well, you know, because a certain amount of it we deserve. Yeah, it's completely <laughs> true. You have to See again. It. The first two minutes of the show. <laughs> well, it's it's yeah, it's like most of it we deserve. So if it's undeserved, it's like, oh no, honey, no, you're not. You gotta you gotta reload and fire again. You're not even. It, you had such a huge target to hit, and you didn't get any of it. You know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so on that basis, I declare an emergency. Whoa. Well, that seems wow. sudden. Yeah, I like to sneak it up on people. That's good. That's how emergencies happen. I know what you're Jed. talking about, Jed. All the transitions on this show are organic and smooth. This is not emergency, a, me, Glenn. This is not a, a planned uh, thing. You know, that's uh, okay. Here's what happened. I'm at the movie theaters. Okay. All right. I'm watching this X Men movie. Okay. Sure. And here's what happened. I'm not gonna. This is what we call in the in on the internet because I'm on that internet. Oh yeah, I've heard that. And you know what else? Tell me. I'm quite popular. So I hear. Okay, so I hear now, it from you mainly, but I hear it a lot. Right. <laughs> so um, here's the thing: is uh, on there they say you know what they say they say spoiler alert. All right. But it's not really a spoiler alert because I'm not going to really tell you that much. But the one of the characters uh, goes back in time. Okay. 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 Because of what robots? Okay. Right. They're trying to kill everybody. Okay. True. So it goes back in time. I think someone owes us an apology and loads of Hollywood money. You're saying <laughs> that they're stealing our mojo. I'm saying we already had this idea on this podcast and already put it out there, and they're stealing our juice. Well, for those of uh, for those who may be joining us late in the run here, why don't you uh, point out why you feel that that is a ripoff of something we've Okay, been and I'm just going to give you the basic math. Okay. In the future, we become the world's greatest podcast. How do we know? Oh, it's inevitable. Well, here's here's the thing: is we record this podcast now, okay? Right. And then I give that podcast to Matt, and then I said, "Yeah, I I give it to Matt." And then I'm like, Matt, here's the podcast. 
It's like, is it, like a, is it a parcel? It's that you're it, like handing to look, look, look it's he virtual. Me okay. <laughs> no, Matt. It's like Matt. It's like that scene at the end of Back to the Future Two when he's standing there in the rain and the mailman sure. comes with the package from 1855. There you go. There you go. Okay, it's basically that. So I like that you've uh, broken into our time travel emergency to reference a different time travel movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eventually, I'm going to need a flow chart to keep up with this. <laughs> okay. Here's it's the thing. Deep. So I'm like, uh, wh- so when are the people going to listen to it? And Matt's like, well, you know, at another date. I'm like, well, what other date? And he's like, whatever date they want. I'm like, the, how does that happen? Because they don't, we could, we were, how would they get it? You know, and we went back and forth, and finally I said, It took me several months to explain to Glenn that by doing this podcast, we wouldn't have to go around to individuals, listeners' houses, and somehow be in their iPod. Yeah, because I was like, Hey, I don't got time for that. I thought it was like a, a conference call situation. Right. So here's what happened was I finally cornered Matt. I said, Matt, is it beamed into the future? Tell me the truth. And Matt's like, e- Whatever. So I said, Whoa. Sure. It's baby in the future, y'all. Sure, absolutely. Now we're recording this in 2014. Yeah. Who knows when people are listening to sure. it? Sure. It could be uh, 3714. Absolutely. Okay. Probably it is. Based on public service announcements about taking certain kinds of pictures, I'm led to believe that the internet is forever. Right. <laughs> so here's the thing that I have figured out is we're popular now. Right. Okay. Then you add to that future that equals super popular. Okay, that's just math. You can't. You you can argue with all kinds of things. You can't argue with the math. That's a math fact. It's a math fact. Sure, we've okay. got hundreds more listeners now than when we than when we didn't have a podcast. So it go. only stands to reason that that kind of growth would continue to happen. It 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 all adds up, y'all. Okay, so who has the number one podcast now? Joe Osteen, right on the Christian or the the religious whatever podcast. Sure, the Christian charts. iTunes charts. Joe Osteen is the big dog. Right. So. We figured, okay, at first we were like, well, we got to take him down. Sure. In Jesus' name. Right. And in a Christian the, way. In a very Christian way. We got to crush him. That didn't go very him. well. And, and, Turns out he can afford the really good fences. Yeah. So we are like, but then we were like, wait a second. We eventually become the number one podcast, so all we got to do is just cruise to victory. Then we realized, wait a second, Joel Osteen is probably going to be in the future, see us get popular and be disturbed by that. Right. So what might he do? And you know what? Just basic logic says he's going to send time-traveling cyborgs back in time because they got the time, they, they got the technology in the future. Sure, of course. They're gonna, he's going to send time-traveling cyborgs back into the past to keep us down. Yeah. Which basically that's been happening left, right, and center. Clearly. I mean, we haven't seen the actual cyborgs, but things have happened, you know. Right. Uh, 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 various problems and concerns. So... We figured, okay, here that so we put that on the in, uh, out in the podcast to let the people know. Right, you could be dealing with a cyborg right now. You have a a a, a, a professor in the class is a real jerk. You know what? Probably cyborg. Probably so. Okay, so you know you're welcome that we helped you figure that out, right? So here's what we're dealing with now. Hollywood makes a movie exact same concept. Yeah, cyborgs, robots. Time travel, boom. No different at all. Podcast, no, the whole thing. The whole thing. So I think it's like, you know, Wolverine's doing a podcast. Right. And <laughs> and he gets attacked, you know, and that's what, he, that, that's what happens. Okay. Okay. So I think we have an emergency there. Would, he, would his podcast be called the Adamantium Hour? <laughs> that's very good. Kid. Could it be? It's very good. You know, every now and then I get worried, like, are y'all bringing me down to y'all's level of uncool and y'all's yeah. level of nerdiness? And I realize, no, there's just, there's always more depth. Sure. There. Well, while we're talking about that, let's, I'm going to go ahead not to, not to rain on your parade as it were, but yeah. uh, you do realize that this actual storyline that the new movie is based on is from a, uh, the comics uh-huh. from like the eighties, I think it's actually in the same title. It's the days of future past. Yeah. So, I mean, that that happened like 20 years before this was a podcast. All right. I, I see where you're going with this. What you're saying is that Osteen, knowing how this was going to happen, put hints in the past so that the future cyborgs would know how to do it by watching the movie ah. and figure it out. And you know what, Matt? I totally agree with that thinking. Yeah. No. I think you're totally right. I'm yeah. afraid that I'm going to keep trying to explain this, but it's going to lead to Glenn deciding that Joel Osteen and Stan Lee are the same person on a different timeline. 
Hey, let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen the two of them together? That's a fair point. <laughs> Hello. The other thing that brings up, and this would make me happy. Actually, Stan Lee's about a thousand times cooler than Brother Osteen. Yeah. I'm not putting That's Osteen. That's not knock on Joel Osteen. It's not knock on Joel Osteen, but yeah, you know, let's 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 not even care about that. That does make, and this is as long as we're all as long as we're all, and by we all, I mean me. Apparently, you're just outing how nerdy we are. If Joel Osteen ended a sermon, Excelsior. Yeah, that, that would, would make be, me happy. That you you take a big step up. Yeah, <laughs> you would take a big step up. No, I think that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a crisis. Okay, it's enough that we're dealing with these time traveling cyborgs as it is. Yeah, but we to don't. have Marvel get on top of that, like, man. dude, that ain't helping. Well, you know, when we inevitably, you know, reach a settlement, you know, with Marvel and they pay millions of dollars you right. know, for having stolen our ideas and whatnot, right. you know, but they're probably going to want to keep making the X-Men movies, you right. know, but they'll they'll be honest and they'll just base them off of us right. moving right. forward. Mm-hmm. Kind of which, which mutant character do you feel like would be you? <sighs> I don't, I don't know these uh, characters that well. Right, right. Um, uh, is there, is there Although one? Glenn, there's one that doesn't have any hair on the top of his head and sits in a chair all the time. <laughs> True. Can you see the, if there's know. something sharp sticking <laughs> out of my hard. back? I was just stabbed Ooh. in the back by a, we, we I mean, gone, we could have gone the other way with that. Let me tell you what, for a hundred and how many episodes, <laughs> be 120 or so, Lee's as sweet as apple pie, <laughs> setting us up yeah. and just all of a sudden, schwabam. He's got you watching me and uh, Brewer over here for the I'm, inevitable. I'm like, That's what just happened? I here's, mean, what I'm to, here's what I'm saying to you, my yeah. man, is... Last week, I was just trying to have a little fun yeah. referencing a Pacino movie from the 90s, and you did not let me have it, even wow. for a little bit. Wow. Yeah. That's, you know, vengeance is mine, Lee. Yeah. <laughs> I will repay. It's not so much that we were trying to uh, to undercut your uh, your Al Pacino thing just to make our just to make you feel bad. It's just that, um, like, post-1979 Pacino makes me real sad. Yeah. <laughs> Is 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 there a character called Flaming Hawk? <laughs> no, but no. there is a character. Uh, is the character become the name becomes Phoenix? Oh yeah, yeah. You could be. So that's kind of a flaming bird. Person who can yeah. read minds. Yeah. Manifest things with their their mental powers. That sounds like you. Yeah. I I think I think you would make a great Phoenix. Lovely redheaded lady, Phoenix. By the way, yeah, I had a feeling. <laughs> I had it. We had to squash that bit because Glenn had a look on his face, like he realized he was stepping towards that bear trap. Let me let me just try and tell you, people on the internet, now listen to me. <laughs> I just want to talk to just between me and you right now. Do you see what I'm dealing with over here? I'm surrounded by nerdy, uncool people that are turning their nerdiness against me. All right, I want to point out here. Glenn likes to point out the uh, the nerdiness, and he's not wrong. However, the thing we have to keep pointing out to Glenn is that everybody's a nerd just about certain things. Right. Especially Glenn, who is not only what? wearing a Fender shirt, but particularly Fender vacuum tubes. <laughs> yeah. Not the guitar Fender. It's the same company. He's not, you know, not Stratocaster. It's just a graphic of the vacuum tube in the old Fender hey, amps. I'm How a, is that not nerdy? I am a fan of vacuum tubes. And, and, that's and you can a, say that out loud, yet call us nerds. It's an and extremely popular thing. Also, <laughs> really? uh, also, in my defense, Glenn, yeah. there's there's nobody that self-proclaimed enjoys loafing when the time is right more than you. I just had your back. You don't even know. Wow. You thought I was coming at wow. you. I was just trying to have your back, my man. I, I, get, I feel like I'm never the person who gets to say this. I get to have it said to me but i get to do it this time lee it's not what you said it's how you said it nice wow oh wow. yeah wow you know what in this is what I, i've said this before i'm gonna say it again joel osteen's tearing us apart <laughs> <laughs> okay. this was the plan all along that's the plan all along he's the getting in our... was a false flag attack that's what i'm saying <laughs> wow Joel Osteen's in our head, y'all. He's yeah. the Phoenix. He's, he's in our mind. <laughs> he is the Phoenix. That's that's what we have to deal with, okay? Okay. So, uh, you know, 
Yeah, uh, there's normally something we say at the end of these. I think there. I think we need to just leave the leave us as, as a cliffhanger, right? Oh. I mean, you know, because it's just that you're saying level in the of, true Marvel model, we need to set up the sequel. That's what I'm talking that's about. Right. Yeah, to be continued. Emergency. To be continued. Whoa. Wow. Well, that, wait a second. What that's happens, a new development. What happens when we come back and do the next one? What do we declare? Last time on Say That Podcast. Okay. And then we do like a recap, and there's right. like machine gun noises and explosions and oh, stuff. Okay. Wow. And then we fade in over that. Let's let's desperately hope we remember. We won't. There's we won't. almost no chance. <laughs> if you're speaking of comic book nerdery, if you're a fan of continuity, this podcast must drive you insane. Yeah, he's someone with OCD that's just had enough of this podcast. Someone with OCD. Yeah. <laughs> Not you. <laughs> I mean, what? It's yeah. just it's just hard out here for a Glenn tonight, man. That's what I'm I didn't trying mean to that say. as a knock. I mean. Glenn is the one who occasionally will say, didn't we say on the last one this thing? And yeah. I'm sitting here like, I don't know, maybe. Oh, it's fine, Matt. <laughs> you know what? On that basis, I declare emergency off. How about that? So forget your sequel. So there. I'm turning this car around and we're going home. <laughs> exactly right. Wow. If you want to be part of uh, monetarily funding this whole operation, and who wouldn't after that whole shenanigans? Here's the thing, folks. We know at some point... Joel Osteen's going to build giant robots. We're going to need to develop time travel technology to fight we, those giant we, robots. We know that already. We can't, we can't get a hold of Hugh Jackman. He won't return our calls. I tried. <laughs> I can't go to Australia now. That's what happened. So we've got to develop it on our own. The only way we're going to be able to do that is Bridgebox. In the meantime, before we get the, uh, the time travel wing up and running, we use the money you give to Bridgebox to support things like people getting jobs, people getting to drug recovery centers, kids getting into job training programs, that kind of basic stuff, which you can help out, change lives for only $8 a month, get a lot of cool media for yourself to grow your own walk and part of that, missionusa.com slash bridgebox. If you want to sign up for the special Lee Younger brand version of that, get yourself a lot of free music and a cool t-shirt as part of that deal missionusa.com slash bbly you can email me matt at missionusa.com to get the super secret link for both for only 12 dollars a month we're going to jump into our first question if you have a question for us hang out with us all the way to the end we'll give you some ways to get in touch with us first question comes in anonymously to our tumblr inbox it says whenever i'm feeling discouraged about my lack of a dating life people remind me that i need to find my self-worth in god no don't be that person you'll get your turn he's not wrong though that my, that my identity is not in whom I'm dating, but in Christ. That my value and first love should be Jesus, and I shouldn't be content with the blah, 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 blah. Yeah, we're going to skip the end on that. Not that your question was bad. It's just that, oh, my gosh, do we hear this stuff a lot. How do I actually find my identity in Christ? Lee, can you start us off? Yeah, this person, one of the parts that Matt blah, blah through was, I feel myself desperately longing for a relationship, but then feeling guilty that I don't love God enough. That's what they want you to feel. <laughs> Don't fall trapped to it. Here's the thing is uh, uh, if you have the phrase, if you have the word guilty and loving God in the same sentence, we, we, we have the plane has crashed into the mountain. Um, uh, when you love Jesus, he uh, officially says your guilt is gone. That's over. We're not doing that anymore. Uh, your guilt has been paid for. He has traded places with you. All your guilt is gone. You don't have to worry about that whole thing anymore. And here's the deal is these people that are saying these things to you, what if the thing that God wants for you to, is to have a beautiful, loving dating relationship? Yeah. I mean, I mean, part of uh, the, this is the whole thing is that God has beautiful things in mind for you. He has a great life for you. He's got a plan for your best. I mean, you know, when you're saying I'm desperately longing for a relationship, well, what if Jesus says, I, I long for the same thing and I've got a great plan to hook that up and let's work together on that and let's talk, let's talk about that and let's move on to the next step of what that is. Let's, let's get out there. Let's talk to, uh, let's talk to some guys or let's get on a, you know, like we've talked about on past episodes, let's get on a dating website. There's absolutely nothing wrong with wanting to be in a relationship with somebody. And here's the thing, dating somebody or, or you know, uh, being engaged or getting married, however, however high you could turn this up, that does not impact your, uh, your devotion or commitment or contentment in your relationship in Christ. It, th those two things are not mutually exclusive. 
It's not that it's not that Jesus is looking at your life and he's going, I just want you to be devoted to me. And you're like, I am Jesus, but I also want to date this guy. And he says, you know what? I thought you really loved me. <laughs> that That is ridiculous. I mean, it's an yeah. absolutely ridiculous statement. Now, when you read the New Testament, you will see... Dudes like the Apostle Paul talking about how important contentment is, and yep. contentment is an important thing. I mean, and and you know, Paul, when in the book of Philippians, for instance, he was in a he was in a house he was in house arrest in the city of Rome, and he's writing this letter. He wants to be a missionary out there, going crazy, sharing Jesus with everybody. That was his gift. That was his calling. That was his life. And yet he was in house he was on house arrest under house arrest in, in Rome. And he said, "You know what? Um, I'm I'm learning in the middle of where God has me to be content with this." Um, but that didn't mean he didn't want to be sharing Jesus with people. And as soon as he got out of house arrest, guess what he did? He went right back out there sharing Jesus with everybody, starting churches, equipping leaders, the whole thing. There was nothing wrong with his desires. And where he had him, he was able to have all of those desires, make plans to make to make all of those things happen. And at the same time, he was able to be at a place of contentment with where Jesus had him right there. There's nothing wrong with being content and still desiring the thing that you want and working towards that thing. And that's what we want to look at is how do you actually work towards the thing that you desire and how can you work with Jesus and be honest about the fact that I desire this, Lord, and I think this is a good and a healthy and a wonderful thing, and I want you to show me specific ways that I can hook this up. There's this. If you desire to be in a relationship, it does not mean you don't love Jesus. It does not mean that you are not committed to the Lord. Those things are not mutually exclusive. He wants this kind of thing for you, and you should pursue it. Absolutely. Glenn? Yeah, uh, I really don't like this at all. Uh, okay, You there, hit it well. Yeah. It, okay, let's say there's a chance that you went up to someone and said, I want to have a person in my life that I can put ahead of Jesus that will give me identity and purpose in my life, and Jesus will be second to this person who will be first. I would like to build a statue of them atop a golden calf. (laughs) Yeah. There's a chance you said that and that this advice is therefore applicable to your situation. Uh, My guess is that you have a relationship with God. I'll bet uh, uh, that it's... uh, you know, halfway decent. I mean, you know, this. Uh, I I don't see anything in this that's, um, you know, giving us a reason to to doubt that. Uh, if you have a love for God and you are growing in, in in adulthood and maturity, it makes sense that that love would build up within you, and you say, "I want to share this with another person. I want to have another person in my life, and and I want to be there to strengthen that person." and have them strengthen me. We can work together as a team and build something. I have a desire to do that. I believe God's given me a desire to do that. I want to find a guy to do that thing. If that's where you're at, there's exactly 0% of anything wrong with that. Uh-huh. Right. Um, so let's, you know, you can determine yourself where you fall between those two, you know, possible things. Second thing is that even if this advice fit, you know, based on that first sort of extreme example, um, this is the dead opposite way of communicating this stuff to people. This is not how we do ministry at all, period, the end. We do not go to people and do what we call here in Chicago (laughs) channel changing. Uh, and what we mean by channel changing is you have a desire, and I say stop desiring that, desire this instead. Well, you have shown no love, care, or compassion for what it is that I want. And you didn't answer my question. And you didn't answer my question. You you gave me a different problem to have. Yeah. This is what happens. Now, Christians do that a lot, and they don't stick around for the fallout to see how that goes down. Here, Here's how that goes down. It never works. You know, Pete, yep. you could tell people, I, I want to I wanna start dating somebody. You need to date Jesus. Well... <laughs> You know, over the long run, people figure out you don't know what to say. Yeah. So you just Jesus juke somebody, and that's because you don't have the humility to say, I don't know how to tell you to meet a lovely person. I don't know how to guide you through that process. I don't have experience in couples counseling. 
I, I really, I'd only make a bigger mess of that, but I'll pray for you. That's, that's what you should say yeah. when you don't know what to say in a situation but like that. But you're this. not. But you're not. You, what you did is you found a guilt button to push on somebody uh-huh. else. That is destructive. It's, it's bad for the person that you're doing that to, and it's the opposite of good ministry. It's the opposite of what it is that we do. Uh, we tell people that we train in ministry. We tell pastors that we count that, that we do some coaching with every single day. The same phrase: "Don't tell me what to do. Tell me how to do it." And here's the problem: you're asking us how to do the thing this person told you to do. You say, you know, they got, you know, uh, my value should be in Jesus and content in relationship with Him, and I get all that. But how do I actually do it? Well, wait a second. How am I explaining that? Where's this genius that told you to that you had to to uh, put Jesus first, but apparently fled the scene before uh, explaining how you actually go about that? I don't know if you can dig it. The how part is the whole thing. Yeah, that's if you're going to minister to somebody, tell them how to do it. Uh, as we've quoted on the 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 podcast before, Jesus said in rebuking uh, spiritual leaders, "You weigh people down with burdens they can hardly carry." and yet you won't lift a finger to help them. Here's what he meant by that. You're weighing them down with stuff they have to do, and you're not telling them something that helps ease those burdens, that helps them carry those burdens, and helps them pull off those things you're telling them that they have to do. That's exactly what this person has done. Jesus rebuked that and other people. I think it's okay for you to rebuke that in your friends if they say something anywhere near this. Final very quick point. Don't ever let someone question the love that you have for God. We've mentioned that yep. recently. I'm going to come back to it because this is one of those popular things that sort of pops up, and everybody can use that as a point of leverage because you said here, I'm feeling guilty that I don't love God enough. And here's what I'm trying to say. I would never, never do that. No one on this podcast would ever do that. Think about it like this. Imagine I talk to a man about his wife, and I say, you know what? Based on the way that you know, I observe you treating your wife, I don't think you love your wife. I, I need you to understand, someone will punch you in the eye for saying that. Yeah. That's you're, you're talking about something you don't know and you don't understand that's going on between two other people. And you asserting yourself into that and making a judgment about that is something people won't tolerate. It's, it's just utterly not cool. You see Christians put up with a lot of nonsense and you think, man, maybe I can get away with that. If, if someone is, is causing you to question the love that you have for God, you need to go to that person and say, this is unacceptable, rude, mean, uncool behavior. And uh, you're, you're trying to do that in order to achieve some sort of a spiritual result. But what you're actually doing is uh, uh, driving people further away and making them feel awful and making them feel as though there isn't a good, healthy relationship with God underneath this. And there is. It's just that I'd like to go on, on a flipping date. Can you just pray for me instead of all this? Yeah. Jed? Well, you've heard a lot of really, really good counsel already. I, I want to share two uh, quick Bible verses, actually, with you, and then tell you a couple quick things. The first comes from the book of Genesis, and um, this is before sin has entered the picture. So um, Adam um, is in the garden, and he gets to just walk and talk with God every day. There's no sin in the way. There's nothing to impede the relationship. He lives in paradise and has uh, you know, a, a, an unhindered union with God. And here's what God says about that situation. It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Again, sin had not even entered the picture. God looks at Adam, who's squared away. Right. I mean, he's, you know, everything's cool, you know, and he's, you know, perfectly, you know, in union with the Lord and because right. there's no sin whatever. God says, this isn't full yet. This isn't uh-huh. complete yet. It, right. He, he, uh, you might also translate that this boy needs help. But, this, you know, sure. still. You Absolutely. Know. <laughs> and, and we have it's ever from since. The, from yes, the exactly right. standard version. Exactly right. Now I want to read you. Um, this is from Matthew. This is chapter 19. I'm going to be reading out of verses 11 and 12. And this is from the Message Translation which is a really awesome translation of the Bible. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus said, Not everyone is mature enough to live a married life. It requires a certain aptitude and grace. Oh, yes, it does. Marriage isn't for everyone. But if you're capable of growing into the largeness of marriage, do it. Now think about that for a second. 
Before sin enters the picture, God says it's not good for man to be alone. He should have a helper. After sin has entered the picture, Jesus says, you know what, if, you can, if you're willing to grow to a place of spiritual maturity where you can handle it, I totally think you should get married. I think it's a great idea. Right. But what we have is a situation where we're ignoring something God said in the Old Testament, and we're ignoring something Jesus said in the New Testament, and instead we're demonizing our own desires. Right. God has said something very clearly. He said, I Mm -hmm. want this for you. I mean, it's pretty hard to mistake what the Old Testament and the New Testament are both saying together here, which is God would like to see you be in a loving, committed Christian relationship. But we're desperately not trying to see that because we're afraid of our desires. God wants something for us, and we want that same thing, and that freaks us all the way out, and we have to find a problem with it. Let me tell you something slightly different. One of the coolest things about little kids is that they don't judge their desires. They'll just tell you what they want. If you're around, like I have these little nieces and little nephews, and when you're around them, they'll just tell you what they want. I want a cookie. Right. Right. You know, I want a juice box. Right. I want to watch this movie. You know, right. I want to see this show. I want to sit in your lap. It's it's not, you know, part of me um, right. wants the cookie. If it's okay, I don't, I don't you know. I mean, oh, Jed, if it's your will. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't, Jed, you know, I don't want that cookie instead of you. Right. Um, right. Because I'm satisfied in you as my uncle. R- right, right. I, I am. And I don't want you to feel like that cookie is like a replacement for you. Right. right, right. But. You know, if you feel like, and you know, your will be done, Uncle Jed. If, right. if you don't want me to have that cookie, that's okay. I mean, that would be freaking weird, man. Right, right, right. But that's what we do to Jesus all the time. Right. We go to him and we won't just ask him for a cookie. Um, right. You know, we feel like we got to play games. Jesus wants you to be direct and, and simply tell him what you want. He is happy. If you go to him and you say, you know what I really want is I want this dating relationship, he's happy to come back to you and say, I hear that. This isn't quite the right thing at the right time, but let's, let's start talking about what would be the right thing. Lord does that in my walk all the time. I go to him and say, I'd really like this thing. I think it'd be really amazing. And sometimes Lord says, I agree. That's great. Let's hook that up. Right. Other times Lord says, I hear you. There's an element of that that would be awesome. Right. There's other stuff you're not seeing about it. Right. But let's talk about it. Let's right. let's work mm-hmm. it out. The most righteous thing you can possibly do is not to wonder whether or not you're committed enough, not to wonder whether or not, you know, you're right. you're real. It's to simply go to God and say, "Here's my desires. Here's what I want." And then let him tell you what to do with them. In this case, that's almost certainly going to be working on figuring out how to begin a dating relationship, how to get into that world, and to not look down on yourself for it. Bottom line, the Lord wants you to have satisfying relationships in your life. He yeah. wants that for you. And he's been clear. That's Old Testament and New Testament both, not something we're making up. I think the question that's before you is, are you willing to take a hold of the courage to receive from the Lord what he wants to give you? And I know that you have what it takes to do that. That's absolutely right. One thing I will tack on, you've heard it hinted at, I want to say it out loud, uh, you're getting really crappy advice. Yeah. The reason you're getting really crappy advice is because is a dual threat you hear a lot of in Christian circles. This person has, these people have no idea what to actually tell you, and they're giving advice not to actually help you, but to hear themselves sound Christian. Yeah. Those are two massive warning signs. You're getting bad advice. Here's how you know that's what's happening. There's nothing in this advice that actually offers a solution. What they're right. telling you is go sit in your room and just go sit in a plain white room with only you and your Bible and just be super Christian until someone arrives at your door and asks you to marry them. Right. Yeah. Right. There's no plan here. There's just, holy crap, I don't know what to do. So here is a super duper Christian idea. I'm going to I'm going to call out some of our brethren here. Every pastor, youth pastor, youth worker whatever, bar a few, Lee being one of them, I've ever heard tell the story about how they and their significant other and normally wife got together. It always just happened. Yeah. I had no I have no idea. It just happened. I was in a fugue state. That's not true. <laughs> right. That's not true. <laughs> They had, they had thoughts and desires and maybe some they don't want to cop to now. Oh, and then yeah. someone asked a question and invited someone somewhere. But when I'm telling this story in front of a room full of parents who pay my salary, who are super freaked out about their kids having sex, I just waited around until God pointed from the skies and told me to do this thing. Right. So when you're asking for advice, beware, be always be wary of people who want to sound Christian. 
And be wary of when you're hearing advice that has no actual end point to it. Yeah. That's what we get with a lot of this commitment thing. Here's the thing. I don't care who you are, what you're doing. You can always be more committed because yeah. committed isn't a thing. But look for action and look for some actionable steps when you're getting advice. And that goes not just for dating, but for everything else. All right, we're going to jump to our second question here. It came in anonymous with our Tumblr inbox. It says, should Christians undergo plastic surgery? Mm. I'm not talking about uh, reconstructive surgery after an accident, but cosmetic procedures. I hear people say that it's shallow, vain, or misleading. But if that's the case, then what about other forms of cosmetic adjustments like orthodontics, tanning, eye surgery, dyeing or highlighting your hair, just makeup? What's the deal? Glenn, can you start us off? Yeah, I can. Uh, and I think this is a case of uh, the one of the many kind of issues we struggle with in our Christian faith where a little bit is just fine and a whole lot can be uh, a troublesome deal. If you're getting 15 different plastic surgeries to try and get the world's most perfect nose, then yeah, we have, we have some, some major problems here, but uh, you're absolutely right. We all uh, do stuff to alter our appearance. Generally speaking, we, we all get haircuts. We all, uh, buy clothes that we think flatter our, our body shape and so forth. And we do that stuff to feel pretty. You know, that's the whole point of that. And I don't think there's anything a whole lot wrong with that in very small doses. You know, I, I'd like my hair to look like this or like to look like that. And, you know, you get it cut to that and that's great. That's fine. I think, uh, we, we also ought to point out that, um, uh, that our, our, female friends out there, our, our wives and our sisters and mothers and stuff, uh, that's a big part of uh, who they are as people is um, shaping uh, a, a physical appearance around an identity and, and in some cases around an identity that, that is changing. If I'm getting a job where I'm doing more executive type stuff, I need to dress more like that and I need to have the right shoes for that, the right nail polish and the whatever have you. So it becomes a way of expressing oneself. It becomes uh, almost an artistic thing in, in a sense where you would express something artistically and project this is who I am to the world. And in small doses, I think actually a lot of that's pretty great. I mean, I think it's good to, um, uh, to have a sense of personal sense of style in an artistic sense i think that's great and great to express that we celebrate that you know if you if you got your your purple mohawk you want to go to church with that rock out we we're we're uh we're all about it uh, let your freak flag fly and and let's go for that um but what you're talking about here is really a a point of saying i hate my body i dislike my body and i'm going to do something to alter that um a, a, again here we we want to look at some uh some uh, exceptions to this uh in terms of uh in, in some cases there's a medical reason for that if you if you uh if you have a, a deviated septum you're not going to sleep well at night you can get sleep apnea from that and there's a reason uh to have a you know a, a rhinoplasty or a, a nose surgery based on that uh, also if i can say this without being uh inappropriate which is super super hard for me uh we believe in you the, the, the oh, really? <laughs> really shouldn't um but uh when when uh, when when women have children their bosoms are performing uh, uh important uh, work-related duties and uh, sometimes later they want to uh, restore things to the original, you know, basic size and shape and whatever. And speaking as a non-woman person who uh, is not going to be giving birth to anyone or having my body, you know, ravaged by having children, uh, I don't know that that's something as dudes that we ought to be commenting on. Yep. Uh, so uh, already I feel a little nervous just on the whole thing of – there's a lot of this that could be perfectly legit, and it's almost like we're looking for something to, you yeah. know, don't like that. But uh, here's the thing. If the thinking is, you know what, if I just changed X, everything would change, that's a problem. Yeah. If you say, if I just didn't have this, then that would be whatever. And we should be clear, that's not a plastic surgery thing. That's right. a life thing. Exactly right. Um, a lot of us look in the mirror and say, you know, if only I could lose 10 pounds, if only 
uh, I didn't have this little bump on my nose. It, I mean, you know, uh, uh, all of us have that. I, I, I look in the mirror and I'm shocked to see a bald guy looking back at me. And I, and I don't really entirely mean that as a joke. There are times yeah. I, in my brain, I have rich, thick, flowing hair. I look in the mirror like, who's that guy? You know, <laughs> a minute ago, I had hair, at least to me. You know. um, and here's the thing about that, though, is uh, you know, just button it up with this and send it around to the fellows. The thing is, when you say, if this one thing was different, whatever, you have to really follow through and finish that sentence and really answer that. Because what happens is it's still you and it's still whatever. Right. And a lot of the things you think other people don't That's like right. about you are things that a person that God's bringing into your life would find cute and adorable and wonderful and just fine and whatever That's else. Right. So uh, let's, uh, uh, let's make it clear that none of that can be a magic solution that takes you from A to B. And I think that's the thinking that some people get into, and I think that is a cause for concern. Absolutely. Jed? Uh, I want to echo what Glenn said. You know, the most important thing we can say on this is there is nothing that can force you to accept yourself. Right. That doesn't exist. There, right. There is no article of clothing. There's no piece of makeup. There's no medical procedure. There's no weight loss or physical achievement or anything else. No compliment other person can give you that can force you to accept yourself, period. Um, you accept yourself by deciding to accept yourself. Um, and it happens It's uh, one day at a time, bits and pieces. As a Christian, you get the strength to do that from the Lord. Um, you know, but that's, that's how that happens. Um, but it, it's a, a decision that you make over and over again. It, nothing can force you to do that. So we want to be crystal clear on that. The second thing that we want to be crystal clear on is that this is not, you asked about cosmetic surgery, this is not a black and white issue. Um, right. uh, I think Matt mentioned this because he looked at this on his blog. Um, Christians love black and white issues. They love rules. We can't give any rules on this. Um, right. The truth is uh, a lot of the guys we work with actually have forms of cosmetic surgery because many of them have tattoos that relate to their gang involvement mm -hmm. that they then want to have gotten rid of um, so that they uh, can get jobs where that would be a problem. And so um, depending on the means they have, some of them basically have forms of plastic surgery to have right. those removed. Yeah. Um, um, and we're very much in favor of that. Very yeah. much in favor of that. Um, you know, uh, um, there are you know uh, plenty of, of fine and lovely reasons um, to have some form of cosmetic surgery done. Um, you know, and, and I, I like what you're saying in your question. You're pointing out, you know, at what point is that different from having the dentist whiten your teeth? Right. Um, you know, I mean, um, you know, put myself out on, on Front Street. Um, I was super, super sick when I was a little baby. Um, and um, the medicine that they gave me kept me from dying, but it also jacked up my teeth. Mm -hmm. um, so my naturally occurring teeth have big yellow splotches all over them. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I actually have like a veneer over most of my front teeth because they're, otherwise it's actually pretty, pretty rough. Um, well, at what point is that different from right. cosmetic surgery? Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of not the thing and so the thing on this is there isn't a black and white there isn't a point where it's cool and it's good and now it's a sin and now it's a problem the the right thing to do and this relates very much to our last question is developing a relationship with lord where you can talk about it with him um and you can work that out with him you also want to have people in your life that are pastors mentors to you that you trust that you can talk about your specific situation um one of the things that's interesting, um, uh, we all of us on this podcast know a lot of people in the military. People in the U.S. military actually can get a certain amount of free cosmetic surgery um, because just you know, army doctors need to do that stuff to practice. Um, and so, for some people, it might be why not. You know, I've, I've always mm -hmm. been curious to try this. What right. the heck? You know, right. let's go for it. Whereas for another person, it would reinforce a negative self-image and it would right. be a really, really bad thing. You know, right. we uh, we started this episode with um, a not well thought through reference to drinking alcohol. And um, but that's actually a good um, analogy for some people. Having a beer is not a problem at all. Um, it's it's fine. So for other people, that is the first step to a huge destructive thing in their lives. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really down to their individual walk and their individual situation and and how that works. I there are people as someone who's been discipling people a long time. There are people who part of their spiritual growth is they need to go through a phase where they start paying attention to the way they look for the very first time. Um, right. And they need to put a lot of time and money and energy into, into their appearance and how they're mm -hmm. going to present that to the world. For other people, the big discipleship step is to let that go. 
and start focusing on the inside. But the person who should ultimately be calling the shots on that is Jesus. Um, You want to have a team of of people or at least a pastor mentor who knows your situation and can advise you. There aren't any black and whites. I'll say one last thing on this before I, I pass it on to Lee, and that is this is one of those areas in life where I think you need to give yourself permission to make some mistakes. Um, uh, one of the ways that we find boundaries is by crossing them. Uh, there are certain things in life that are boundaries that we don't ever want to cross. Um, you know, uh, if you're, for example, if you're married, having an affair is a boundary you never, ever want to cross because it can cause really major problems. You don't want to play with that. This is one where you can give yourself a little freedom. Um, you know, uh, um, you are not going to get this exactly right because nobody gets it exactly right. And that's okay. Um, uh, I think as long as you're talking about it with the Lord, working it through the Lord, letting him, uh, direct that situation, you're, you know, you're going to err to one side and err to the other. That's okay. As long as you're working it out with him, you're going to get where you're going. We believe in you. Absolutely. Lee. Well, you've heard a ton of great advice on this. I'm just going to tack one thing on here at the end. And, and really, all I want to do is zoom in on something that Glenn said at the very end of his answer, because I bet most of my money that you don't believe him. It was just it was a quick statement that he made. And I, I bet almost anything that you don't believe this is true. And I'm just coming to testify that it is. What Glenn was alluding to is that as you walk with the Lord, what you're going to find is that the Lord is going to bring people into your life who love the things about you that you hate. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I know that in your brain, there's a part of your brain that thinks that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I've, I've looked in the mirror every single day of this life and this thing about me, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. The thing I can tell you on that is, um, is that uh, as a dude that's been married for almost 13 years, um, that, that's one thing that's been absolutely true. There are things about me that, that I've always thought, man, if, this, if only this could be different. And my wife loves that about me. She, she accepts me. She, she is so thankful that I'm the way I'm. And I feel the same way about her, stuff about her that it, if she could, she would change it. And, and it's like, and, and I'm saying, dude, this is, that is, this is what I love about you. And, and here's the cool thing is just this idea that, that God made me for her. You know, and and the you know the 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 closer we've gotten, the more I've been able to let go of this thing I don't like about myself, and realize, you know, the part of the Lord making me the way that He made me was to make me a gift for her, and and vice versa. And so I know that doesn't make sense in your brain right now, but I but I am telling you that that um, I'm asking you to 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 kind of open yourself up to the possibility that what if that could be true? What if it could be that that there's that the person that the Lord has for me, the things about me that that I, I'm not cool with, are like the very things that 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 person loves more than anything. Um, what if that could be true? And how awesome would that be? And what would that be saying about God? And what would that be saying about my relation, the, the future relationship that's waiting on me? And, and I love the, what, what Jed said about how this is an individual thing. For some people, it's a big deal. For some people, not such a big deal. But I, I'd love for you to consider the idea, at, at the same time that that's true, consider the idea that, that you are the way you are because of somebody that God wants to bring into your life later on. Absolutely. You've heard a lot of good stuff. I remember our last question here. It came into our Tumblr. It says, perhaps it's just me, but I'm a guy and I seem to have quite a few female friends. And some of them come to me and open up about the problems they're dealing with, whether it be family, drama, addictions, fears, whatever. Now I'm completely caught off guard and don't know how much to walk with them through healing or getting help. I know that ministering to girls is a bit awkward since I'm a guy, but I don't know what to do. Do I tell them not to confide in me or to ask another female for help? Jed, can you start us off? I sure can. And uh, I think this is a great question. Um, I I actually uh, uh, can relate to what you're describing here. And I think the thing that we're missing here is context. Um, uh, so in other words, when you, uh, you know, Lee is a, is a youth pastor professionally. And so he ministers to, um, y- uh, young guys and young girls both. Uh, but there's a clear context in that situation of Lee is my pastor. Lee, Lee is someone who is here to guide me and shepherd me and help me, uh, get where I'm going. The, the thing that I think we need to be, figure out for you in your situation is what is the context in which people are coming to you? 
Um, are they are they coming to you with a sense that you are a pastor to them, that you're going to be a mentor to them, or is this something else? And I think part of the reservation that it sounds like you feel is you're not sure what the context is, and you, you kind of sense that if we're not clear on context, this could become something perhaps unhealthy fairly quickly. And you're actually right about that. Um, One of the things that we work very, very hard on in ministry, and this is all four of us, is to be crystal clear with people what the nature of our relationship is all the time. Um, You know, one of the things, you'll, you'll think I'm lying, but something that I've heard Glenn say out loud to people is, I am not your buddy. Mm-hmm. I am yeah. not here to be your buddy. Right. I am here to help you grow spiritually right. as a pastor in your life. If you're interested in that, that's great. If you're not right. interested in that, that's fine too. But that's the nature of our relationship. Right. You know, with, and that's, you know, with, uh, for example, the men and women that we work with here in Chicago, uh, we're crystal clear, although we're very, very friendly with all the people that we work with, and there are a number of them that I would consider personal friends, the the uh, context of our relationship, the paradigm of our relationship is, I'm a man of God who's here to minister to you. And they um, know that. And they know that. They're, they're, um, they're not confused on that. Um, but everywhere we go, setting up that context is critically important. You know, when we go into um, a division of county jail that we haven't been in before and we're dealing with new people, the first thing we're trying to do is set up context. So that's about this is who you are and this is who I am. In other words, if we were doing a service at a jail chapel, the, the first thing I stand up and say is, my name is Jeb Brewer. Um, uh, I'm a man of God. I work with folks coming out behind bars trying to make a change in their life. Um, I'm here because I respect you. I know you're here at this service because you have an interest in the Lord and you're trying to figure out what you want to do with that in your life. That's why I'm here. In that moment, I've told them who I am. I've also told them who they are to me. They're people that I respect, that I know are seeking the Lord and trying to figure something out there. Now we have a context to work from. Now ministry can actually move forward. And just, you know, that always works. That setting of context, of an appropriate context, and then moving forward, that always works. I think the thing we want to look at here is uh, what context do we want to see? Um, it's not clear to me if you if you want to be in a ministerial context with uh, these young ladies. And, and again, I think you sense that this could quickly become kind of a pretty murky kind of, it's an intimate thing, but we're not boyfriend and girlfriend, and I'm not their pastor, so what is that? And I think you're right to be concerned about yeah. that. Yeah. I, I think the thing you want to think about and pray about and try and decide is, who am I trying to be in these people's lives? Am I yep. a buddy? Am I a boyfriend? Am I a pastor? Who who am I? Who's the Lord calling me to be? And then be crystal, crystal clear with these people. This is who I am here to be to you. This is who I am not here to be to you. Things that fall outside of that, I'm going to have to refer you to somebody else. It's no problem at all to say, I'm here to be your friend. I'm not here to be your pastor. Um, you know, I'm going to be praying for you with the struggles you've lined out. Let me connect you with the ladies' ministry pastor at our church who can get you squared away um, uh, on these other issues. And meanwhile, I'll be praying for you. But it's we want to figure out what that context is and then clearly, clearly, clearly communicate it to the people we're dealing with absolutely lee um yeah i agree with jed on this thing now i'm I'm gonna go down to the end of this question you're saying i know that ministering to girls is a bit awkward and since i'm a guy but i don't know i don't know what to do do i tell them not to confide in me or ask another female to help what i would say to you is that if you don't have a clearly defined role as somebody in ministry in their life and you have not been you've not received any training from somebody that knows what they're doing in counseling or understanding understanding some of these issues you should absolutely not have them confide in you as a counselor um, and 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 it goes back to what Jed is saying about having a clearly defined role as this is who I am in this situation and stuff like that. One of the reasons that you know one of the things that you'll hear uh, all of us say on this podcast is that we don't as as guys in ministry we don't give unsolicited advice. We will. We will uh, help people that ask us, and if somebody wants to know what we think about something, then then we will talk to them on that and whatever. And uh, but one of the things that you'll find is if you ask, you know, if you call up Glenn and say, "I really need to talk about this uh, this depression and stuff like that," he will talk to you about it, and he will talk to you about it because he knows what he's talking about. 
and he knows how to handle that situation. He knows how to walk you through that deal. If you've never dealt with any of those issues before, it's not a good idea to just start swinging at stuff, to just, yeah. you know, and especially <laughs> if you're about the same age as the girl and they're kind of cute and that, and it's, and you have this little moment where she's confiding in you and you kind of lock eyes and stuff like that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm massively reading through the lines. And then you want to comfort her. Right. And, and, yes. and look, and look, I mean, I'm massively reading through the lines, except that I'm not, dude. Yeah. I'm not at all. Well, and, dude, if we're going to tell the truth, we've all been there. I mean, absolutely. we've all had that moment and know what that feels like. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And so, I mean, I think a big part of this is, is to have the humility to know, you know what, I respect you and I do care about you. And, and part of me showing you respect is to let you know that I have no idea to how to help you in this situation. And as Jed said, like, I, I'd be glad to pray for you, but like, I think we should find somebody who knows what they're talking about because, because you, you are important and, and your, and your problem is an important issue. And we want to, we want to take, we want, you know, we want to show that issue proper respect and stuff like that. And just so you know, um, if you don't have a pastor or a mentor or a woman in ministry that you can turn your friend to, every single one of us has a little section on the blog that has an ask button where you can ask a question, and uh, and 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 you can ask us, and we can you know help your friend walk through some of these things, point them towards somebody, and if uh, and if we don't know the answer, we'll just take it to Glenn. So the shortcut is you could just go to his blog, which is. Uh, I don't, I don't know if you guys know this, but it's it's, uh, it's very popular. It it is actually very. I've quite, heard that quite popular. But he's trying a, to make up for all the brownie points he lost during the no, dude, <laughs> no. But it's it is true. There's a reason for it, and uh, and and you know, and and so I do think it's always a good idea in ministry when when you don't know. You know, to to not be afraid to say to that person, I'm yeah. I'm re- I'm I'm above my pay grade here. I, I'm and uh, but I I'll do whatever it takes to find you the right person to talk to. Absolutely, Glenn. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent with what Lee was just saying there. In fact, it's almost word for word what I had written down. I mean, uh, sometimes we do get flattered a little bit by the attention people will give us, and uh, we forget to use those magic words. I don't know when we get in a little over our heads ministry wise. Um, and, uh, and this is actually not a role you want to be in as these other guys have pointed out. It seems like a really awesome role to be the guy friend that all the ladies confide in and that that might lead to other types of relationships and so forth. Uh, it doesn't really work that way. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think uh, be, be careful what you aim for. You just might hit it. Um, again, there is some speculation behind that, but, uh, you know, some of us have been there on that. Uh, I, I also agree with what uh, these fellows are saying in terms of in, in the long run, once we get to a certain depth of discipleship, that really needs to be a woman handling that. Now, um, I do a lot of counseling with ladies, um, uh, and I, you know, we cover a lot of the basics, and we get into that. There's no problem with that, but I'm setting up that handoff yep. the whole time. Yeah, I've, uh, in other words, so I might say something along the lines of, you know, my wife had a similar problem. I'm going to tell you what what I did with that and then what she did with it. And then what I said off of what she said and then whatever. But, you know, later on, I'm going to introduce you to my wife and she'll explain that better than me, but I'll just give you, you know, I'll, I'll tell you how we did this. And, and then, you know, the next problem I'll say, well, you know, we have some more problem in our marriage and part of the problem was I was doing this and, and I wasn't listening to that and it created a problem with this. So, but I'm always kind of checking it back and setting up that person I want to hand it off to. In this case, that would be my wife. Uh, but I, I might, uh, do, you know, do a similar thing if I'm handing that off to a different lady and say, you know, uh, you know, here, here's a gal at the church and she's, she, you know, really she should be the one talking to you about it because she knows better than me. But let me give you just a couple of broad ideas and then, you know, uh, you know, maybe you and I'll go and talk to her together and then you'll see if that, you know, if that works out. 
because I, you know, uh, over the long run, uh, young ladies have uh, issues that pertain to being a young lady. Uh, I've seen the impact of women ministering in an advanced discipleship way with other women, and I'm convinced that men really don't have the game to pull that off. <laughs> uh, I, we have the the most bizarre discipleship that happens in our ministry. Never really seen anything like it, but it's sort of this group discipleship of women where we'll have one gal that has relationships with three different staff ladies we're all helping her simultaneously. It's not the way any man would ever think to do that. And it looks like a huge waste of time. It well. works amazingly well. And it's very efficient. And it, it all, you know, um, you, when you see that, you say, I need to move out of the way and encourage that and plug other women yeah. into that. Um, so uh, the power of good quality uh, female to female discipleship. Uh, once you've seen that in action, you know that's something you need to plug these other ladies into. Um, and the reason why we're saying all this is not just because we'll get into some areas with sexual stuff, maybe, or just feelings and whatever, uh, uh, and female body issues and those kind of things. Uh, it's not just because of that, uh, but it's also because there's really a huge intimacy that builds up uh, when there's a counseling kind of thing. You you tend to kind of look up to that person. And all of us who are male who are in ministry, um, at one time or another, there's some gal in that congregation or at, at you know in the youth group or whatever who kind of gives you those cow eyes like she's really looking up to you and she's really crushing on you and that kind of thing. And uh, you have to learn to deal with that. You have to learn to head that off at the pass. You have to uh, to deal with that in a, in a cool way. The last thing you want to do is fan the flames of that yeah. and be, be sort of willy-nilly with that because it can really get out of control real quick. So. Absolutely. Jed, one more thing? Yeah, one quick final thing. You're hearing a lot of cautions from us, but, but here's something I'd like you to think and really encourage you to pray about, and that is this. Um, you're getting this attention for two reasons. The first is because you're dreamy. Um, if we're going right. to be honest about it. Right. But the second reason you're getting this attention is because you uh, project empathy to the people around you and you're a good listener. That's that's why you're getting attention is you, it, it, the people around you sense this person would care about my situation and then is willing to listen to me talk about it. Right. And that's that's why you're getting the attention. The thing I'd encourage you to do is to ask the Lord what he wants you to do with that. He built you that way on purpose. You're mm -hmm. hearing all of us tell you that this is not the way to use it because it, it won't be productive and go bad directions. But the Lord has a purpose for that. And that's a great gift for ministry. And maybe pointed at other dudes. Maybe pointed at other dudes. Maybe that... I don't know how old you are, um, you know, so maybe that's volunteering with, you know, the middle school ministry at your church right. or the high school ministry yeah. at your church or something. But if the Lord, the Lord has clearly built you to be the kind of guy where people sense you're empathetic and want to listen. Right. Um, we need people like that in ministry. Sure. Very, very strongly. So I'd encourage you to ask the Lord, start praying, maybe ask your pastor, how can I use that in a healthy and constructive way? Because we desperately need it. Absolutely. Just a real couple quick, super practical things. Um, Obviously, you're going to still have female friends for the most part. You may just be one of those people, as Jed's saying, who just has that face where people like telling you stuff. Some of us can relate to that. Uh, there are some ways. You don't have to You say in here, uh, should I just tell them not to confide in me? That's not necessarily right, but we're gonna get, I want to give you a couple of kind of warning signals that this may be going in a bad direction. One thing we can always do is, even if you're younger, especially if you're dealing with someone younger than yourself, just always be in a public place. Go to oh, a yeah. coffee shop. Go out yeah. to eat. Just don't be alone. There's no good that come up. And if you're just friends anyway, you don't need to be alone. That's just a lot easier there. And uh, if this is this thing where it's a friend you've had for a while and you guys get together and have a cup of coffee and catch up on life, that's cool. If this is a situation where she's doing all the talking and you're doing all the listening, you are counseling her. Yeah, right. We understand, and we all can, we all. This is all happened to all of us. You may not understand how that happened or how we got here. But that's where we but are. Congratulations. If someone's telling you their problems and the only talking you're doing is trying to give them advice, you are officially counseling them. And we get the idea from the question that you may not be exactly trained to do that. As Jed's saying, that's a, that's a, there's a great place to point those gifts, but we want to realize when we're in a situation we've gotten bad, don't have to judge it, don't have to have a big conversation, just have to say, hey, why don't we just meet at Starbucks from now on and I'm going to bring so-and-so from the church. Knowing you're in a problem, get out of it. All right. 
just remember some addresses for you, missionusa.com slash bridgebox, missionusa.com slash bbly. Also, you remember that we have some other podcasts. The Bridge Podcast comes out every Monday. That's Woo. worship songs from our Bridgebox service, preaching from Glenn and myself, some scripture memorization, lots of cool stuff, a little 25-minute worship service in your earbuds. And we have a version of that for those of you who are a little more adventurous. That comes out every Friday. It's called The Bridge Loud. Everything cranked up to 11. We've just started that one. It's newer. And we're going to offer you guys a very special limited time offer. As you know, when you go to the iTunes and download our podcasts, if you haven't done so yet, you should always leave a review. Yes. But The Bridge Loud. Why won't you leave a review? Why? Why won't you leave a review? (laughs) The Bridge Loud is newer one, so it needs reviews more than most. So here's what you're going to do. If you go to the iTunes, The Bridge Loud, find it. Click on it. Leave a five-star rating and review. Send me, Matt at MissionUSA, the screenshot screenshot of your review, and you can pick a piece of Say That swag we have laying around. We've got T-shirts. We've got beanies. We've got little wristbands. I'm sure if you're more inclined to the music, we can get you a free download pack or CD of 10 or so loud Bridgebox songs, if that's your deal. we We can totally do that. So... Leave a review, screenshot me that, madamissionosa.com, and we'll get you some free swag, because everybody likes swag. Thanks I a lot like for swag. listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. Podcasting through time since 2137.